This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yelston, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. Indeed. Diving deep into all things Texas. Both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. All right, John, that was good. A little general news and notes from uh, the great John McClain. You ready to do some mailbag, John? we got a few questions here. Sure I am. Okay, let's do it. H-O-U-Mailbag at gmail.com. H-O-U-Mailbag at gmail.com. Start off with Joseph and Katie. If you guys could pick one simple change for the Texans to make offensively, what would it be? And I think he means, like, just tweaking. I, I'm going to take this as tweaking, like, you know, either something stylistically or something personnel-wise, or would obviously if we could tweak something, we'd get them to run the ball better. But if we can be more specific, maybe about how exactly we do that. Well, I don't. I know you change the scheme because the scheme's not working, and the problem. Let me know. No, the problem's not working because their offensive line's terrible at run blocking. When Damian Pierce had his 16-yard run, he had to break tackles in the backfield. Devin Singletary had a nine and a five in which he was hitting the backfield. They're not doing a good job blocking. And I think for the run, I think Titus Howard at left guard's a reason. Having rookie center is a reason. Tunsil's great pass protector. He's not a great run blocker. They just can't block for the run. So I would I would come in on my witch's broom with a magic wand and I would wave it. And all of a sudden those linemen would do a better job of run blocking. Okay, well, the, the mine would be one that doesn't involve having to be some sort of magician or wizard or something like that. I, I would move Titus Howard back to right tackle. That would be my one thing. If, who would I, play I, left guard? Uh, anybody but Titus Howard who has guard next to their name. Like, I'm being serious. He's awful, John. He's terrible at it. Put the Nick Broker kid in that you pulled off the waiver wire. He cannot be worse than Titus Howard. I'm serious. And I know George Fant has played well, for George Fant. Like he's not right. been, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like he's, he's been Lane Johnson or something like that. So you're paying Titus 18 million for a reason. Like that you're paying 18 million for a guy who can't pull out of left guard right now is, is silly. So maybe part of that with me is the fact that you're paying him so much. 
Um, but get him back over to right tackle to do what you paid him to do. And then I'm serious. Put in Nick Broker. Put in Josh Jones. None of those guys are worse. Titus Howard is worse than, than all those guys right now playing left guard. That's a great idea. Make that move. Maybe they will. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll learn more. I Tampa's guess we'll learn good more. at r- r- stopping the run. Yeah. It's the last thing they need to go against a defense that's really good at stopping the run. Yep. Absolutely. All right, Chris in the ATL, frequent emailer to the show. And now this one, this this question may be obsolete by the time people are listening to this because it has to do with the trade deadline. But I, it's it also has to do with where we're at with the team. So let's do it. Does the Panther game motivate you guys more to make a trade or to stay where the, you're at with the Texans right now? Does the Did the game on Sunday, John, have any bearing for you on what the Texans should be doing today at the trade deadline? Well, I think they should have been doing something anyway, but the Panthers game had absolutely no bearing on what I think, and whether and it's to find a guard. I remember, uh, uh, what's the guard, Wyatt, Miles Wyatt, at, I can't remember his name, Wade uh, Wyatt. I can't, came from Buffalo. I forgot his name. They traded for him in season, and he has been great. He pounds people in the run. Oh, Buffalo. Find, You're saying Buffalo traded for him? No, no. Cleveland traded him with Buffalo. And I oh, forgot Cleveland. You name. didn't say Cleveland. Okay, Cleveland, Cleveland traded yeah. with Buffalo. Gotcha. And, gotcha. He, and he was a, he's a great Wyatt player. Teller. Wyatt Teller. Wyatt Teller, that's it. One of the best lines in the league. And find a guy. He doesn't have to be Wyatt Teller, who's great. But just find a left guard who's better than what they got. You give up a five or a six. But this team's got a chance to make the playoffs. And that's a, they still got to work on the offensive line because if the guy from Buffalo, and I'm all for doing what you suggested, give him a chance. But if they thought he could have played, he'd been in there. So find somebody that can play from a, his contract's going to be up or he's 30 years old. I don't care. They got to improve up front against the run. Okay, one more trade deadline question, Troy and Cypress. If you could pick one veteran in a contract year to move for a mid to late round pick, who would it be? I guess, John, just for reference sake, I, the, the ones that the, the list, the pool of players that come to mind would be like Jerry Hughes, Dalton Schultz, Denzel Perryman, you know, guys either on one year deals or the or contract years of multi year deals, you know, that only have 10 games left with the Texans. Um, there's probably a few more that I'm missing out there. Uh, but, but if you would be of mind to trade a veteran like that, it's, you know, you're not going to get a first-round pick for him, but you get some capital back. Do you have one in particular you would say? Well, I okay trade Jerry Hughes. He hadn't done squat. Dylan Horton, fourth-round picks, getting more playing time. You have your two starters in Grenard and uh, and Will Anderson, Jr. So I would trade Jerry Hughes and give Horton more playing time. Yeah, I think Hughes is the one. Seth and I talked this out today. Like, if you trade Dalton Schultz or even Denzel Perryman, because the linebacker position on this team is not very good, uh, if you trade either of them, then that that to me, especially Dalton Schultz, because he's your starting tight end, that sends a message to the rest of the team. Like, oh, we're not really all all in on this year. We're in on this year, but not all in. If hey, if someone's going to give us a fourth for Dalton Schultz, they'd rather get a fourth and weaken the offense than, than than try to play this thing through with Dalton Schultz. I agree with you. I think Hughes is at a level of player, and he's at a stage in his career too that you could justify. Hey, they're going to give us a pick, and he gets to go compete for a Super Bowl in his last year. Blah blah blah. I don't think that would send the same message if you were trading somebody who's more crucial or gets more snaps, that kind of thing. I'm with you on that. Um, uh, Matthew Kosecki, with C.J. Stroud as Texans quarterback, are you concerned that David Mulligetta hosts big-time sex parties for his clients (laughs) because he cites 
Deshaun Watson and his off the field stuff, Jalen Ramsey's diva quality. John, this Matthew went into about 10 paragraphs. We would still be here on Thursday reading this thing. If and the I answer is no. No, right. Of course he's going to be one of the nicest guys we've ever covered. And uh, so I would Such- not expect anything like that from him. No, I wouldn't either. Cites Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas, you know, he he had his proclivities off of the field from those stories that we heard. Yeah, I um, I think C.J. Stroud's fine, Matthew. Um, all right, let's go overseas here in London. Alex, Alex said, if you had to guess if every team in the league had the opportunity to draft either Young or Stroud, what percentage would have taken each guy on draft day and what percentage would take them today? In other words, gun to your heads, how many GMs would stand by their pre-draft evaluations and believe that Young is going to have the better career than CJ in the long run? I feel like it might not be as obvious as we Texan fans might think, and that quite a few would still take Bryce Young. Yeah, what's your sense, John? It, obviously, it seemed like Bryce Young was at the top of more boards heading into the draft. It was felt like more of a no-brainer to take him. And then through six weeks into the season, people were like, boy, the Texans got this one right with C.J. Stroud. It's only one game on Sunday. That shouldn't drastically change everybody's opinion. But I think if anything changes it, probably it's what C.J. looked like for the first couple months of the season. Where do you think the league would be at on these guys right now? I think last year, based on everything I had read and people I respect going into the draft, it was about 80-20 who was taken Young first and Stroud second. Now I think it would be like 70-30 for C.J. Stroud because wow. it's not people are worried, still worried about Young's size, yeah. his frailty, his thinness, not that he can't see. and uh, But uh, Stroud has checks every box. Yep. It's amazing how I many people are down on him after 140-yard, no interception, one rushing touchdown game. But he is every – he's more than they thought he would be uh, all around. Yeah, CJ's been great. I, Sunday's game does zero to change my overall outlook on CJ Stroud, I'll tell you that. Um, but I was I was Bryce Young before the draft. I'll admit that too. Like I, Me too. I, yeah. I, yeah. And I and I and I would be in the I would be in the flipped category. I, I would be like I was Bryce Young before the draft. Like if I could do it again right now, I would change my opinion and take CJ Stroud over Bryce of Young. Absolutely. Um, all right. This is from Joe Q. He's got a few of them here, John. These are good ones. John was quite outspoken ahead of the 2022 season that Easterby was a big problem. And then midseason, he was fired. Given John's stature and following, is it reasonable to believe that John catalyzed that decision or moved it from likely to inevitable? All right, he's got a follow-up to that, John. How much do you think you had to do with Jack Easterby getting fired? Absolutely zero. Because I wasn't the only one. Everybody in town was saying the same thing. And the McNairs came to their senses. It just took them a little longer. Yeah, yep, yep, they know it. Um, the follow-up is, is there a time in your career where you feel like you influenced the decision in an organization in a substantial way? I sure did. And one of them was I cost Oliver Luck a chance to be hired by the Oilers. I can't remember if it was going to be general manager, but it was a big, high-profile position. I found out about it. I wrote it. But Adams got mad that it got out and decided and went in another direction. I can't even remember what it was. And I'd known Oliver since he was drafted in 1982. And we're friends. And he didn't hold it against me at all. Mm-hmm. But very classy because he's a classy guy. Then, of course, later, that was when they were losing. Uh, I think he would never say this, but he's probably glad that uh, I got that story and ran with it. Yeah, Oliver's career seemed to work out okay in the yeah, end. It has he seemed out to do okay. all right. He seemed to do all right. I wonder yeah, if the well, you... Pac-12 would have been as bad as it was 
if they had hired Oliver to be their commissioner. John, I think it wouldn't have been as bad as it was if they hired a broom with a bucket for a head to be the commissioner <laughs> of the Pac-12. <laughs> um, so, so he didn't hold that against you because you're just doing your job, right? Like you're just right. you're just reporting what you what you found out, right? Right. Uh, so um, here's another one from Joe Q. The Friday six pack came and went last week without mentioning a famous name. Actually, infamous would be more the thing. Josh McCown, he says. There is scant indication as yet that McCown is an above-average QB coach. What is John hearing about McCown, if anything? What, what are you hearing about McCown as a QB coach, I'll tell coach, you the John? same thing I heard back when the Texans were about to hire him. I called everybody I could who had worked with him, whether they worked in a front office when he was coaching, on the, playing on the staff when he was playing, or they covered him. Everybody loved him. Everybody. Everybody thought he was going to had a chance to be a great head coach in the NFL. There was just one problem, not then, that he should come in like he is in Carolina as a quarterback coach. That was all Jack Easterby driven. And, of course, McCown wanted to be a head coach. And you know, and I waited to Monday to tweet this because I forgot about it, nobody in that organization took more satisfaction than Carolina winning than him because he was ready to be named, and they yanked the rug out from under him and promoted Lovey Smith. So he still could be a great, a great head coach someday. And uh, everybody can't be wrong. So right. I can't wait to watch his career. And I wish the Texans had brought him in as like a quarterback coach, not trying to bring him in as a head coach. Yeah, that would have been good. All right, um, John, we uh, I've got one more question that I do want to get to you on the, on the uh, mailbag, but real quick, this just came down. Thanks to our producer, James, for hitting us in the chat with this. Chase Young was just traded uh, to the San Francisco 49ers for a conditional third round pick. So the Niners who've lost three in a row and their defense has kind of lost a little bit of starch from last year when D'Amico Ryans was coordinating it. Um, still very good defense and very talented, just got more talented today with Chase Young. What are your thoughts on that? I think number one is like last year when they traded for McCaffrey. I'm like, okay, Chase Young's playing well, but he's been hurt a lot. His contract's up. Washington has dumped two guys in the last year of their contract, and I believe they can pick up the fifth-year option on Young, or has that already been He was declined? drafted in 2020, I believe. It's 2020. Uh, so, 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 so the, so the decision on his fifth-year – the decision on the fifth year would have had to have been made last spring. On no, so no, they that was a big deal. They, they didn't pick it up. Remember, Washington okay, didn't yeah, pick it up. That right. was a big deal. He's a so free they, agent. They got to be upset. Ron Rivera's got to know his history because they've just traded two of his best defensive players, both pass rushers. And they still got a lot of talent because they put so much emphasis on it. But I'm guessing if he stays healthy, it's going to work out really well for the 49ers. But there are problems that hadn't been their defense. The problem is Brock Purdy throwing interceptions, and they don't have the big play capability without Debo Samuel. A lot of teams are missing key players, but Purdy has mostly been terrible when it comes to turnovers. John, if you mention McCaffrey, like if the, if the parallel thing were to happen with Chase Young, if what we were saying last year, McCaffrey, oh, he's been hurt, and boy, that's a lot to give up for him, and he's expensive, and this and that. If we're saying the same thing about Chase Young, right now, which we just did, and the same thing happens with Chase Young ha happened with Christian McCaffrey, then the Niners just traded for Reggie White, basically. <laughs> he is he is playing for money. He's yeah. playing for millions, like Jonathan Gennard. 
He's playing for millions of dollars with the Texans. A lot of players are. Montez Sweat traded to the Bears. He's play, They're all playing for money. And when they're playing for money, guys that have been hurt have a tendency to stay healthy. Well, and, and I don't, depending on how active San Francisco is in free agency, I can't imagine them being super active. They've got so many expensive players on that team. I, I can't imagine they've got a ton of cap space. I would imagine the thought is with Chase Young, like, okay, well, if we don't re-sign him, we'll get a compensatory pick for him. You know, the, and if somebody signs him to a good deal, they'll get a third. You know, it'll be a year from now. It, you know, it'll be, you know, it'll be down the road, but but you'll you'll recoup essentially just turns it into a rental for for Chase Young, where you get you get your money back a year or two later. Kind of like baseball, know? but I'm sure if he plays well, they'll find a way to keep him on the roster. Remember oh, yeah. the big contract they gave Hargrave. Uh, to leave Philadelphia, they got him, they got Armstead, but oh. I guess they haven't been getting the rush from outside. Remember what D'Amico said? You've got to build the offensive and defensive lines first. Yeah, they got Nick Bosa on their team, John. Like, like, well, I forgot about Bosa. Bosa, Armstead, and Hargrave. Wow. <laughs> defensive player of the year. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Who hadn't done yeah. squat. Right, 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 right. Yeah, you got to go get Chase Young because, boy, Nick Bosa is not pulling his weight. All right, John, um, so that's that's big news. Glad we got to get in a reaction to that before we uh, before we hang it up here. Last one, and I normally I would say let's just let's just go, but this this one is one that I know um, I know you'll have a take on this. Uh, this is from Isaac, downtown Houston. Says, John, I know you're pro Amy Adams Strunk when it comes to any argument about how cool it is for the Titans to wear the Oiler uniforms. Where do you come out on the Titans in the NFL sending a cease and desist letter to U of H for the uniforms that they wore back on September the 2nd? First of all, I've never said I'm pro Amy Adams Strunk. I am pro uh, Columbia Blue uniforms. I like to see them worn. I like to see them worn here. They can't be. Legally, they can't be worn here. So if you're going to see them anywhere, it's going to be on the Titans. I think those uniforms look great. I interviewed Dan Pastorini, Warren Moon, Billy White Shoes Johnson, Bruce Matthews, Robert Brazil, they all love seeing the Titans wear their uniforms. And so if they like it, I like it. Anyway, I think as I said on Sports Radio 610, it's ridiculous that the NFL's doing this because they are sticklers for that. I told a story one time. I had an oiler jacket and some Love You Blue boots. I gave them to former safety Bo Eason to use in a play called uh, Run of the Litter because it was about being in the Oilers locker room through the whole play, and the Oilers had to call the league to see if they could do it. The league said no. I told Bo to do it anyway. He did, and I don't know if they ever got him on it or not, but uh, the NFL properties is a stickler about licensing and anybody trying to make a profit on their money. But those uniforms were not even accurate. The color was off. Rice has done it. High schools have done it. I think it's the NFL ought to have more important things to do than to pick on little old U of A. So, do you think that the Titans don't have anything to do with this letter to the to the uh, to the University of Houston? Oh, I, they, they probably do. I have no idea. They wouldn't have anything to do with that. They just tell they have one of their legal people call the league. Say, are you aware of this? And then they would take it over. Okay. Okay, but the driving force behind it, you think, is the NFL, not absolutely. Titans yeah. NFL okay. wouldn't even let the Titans. Wouldn't even let the Oilers, uh, wouldn't even allow the Oilers to let Bo Eason use Oilers stuff in the play.